Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. This is Johnny Tan, author of From My Mama's Kitchen, Food for the Soul, Recipes for Living. Happy Wednesday and welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk radio show. Here's a quick announcement. Our August heart-centered and passion-driven Inspirations for Better Living digital magazine designed to help moms build a better future for themselves, their families, and loved ones is currently available at inspirationsforbetterliving.com. This month's theme is Wrapping Up Summer with a High Note. The magazine offers inspirational stories from our dedicated team of experts to help you navigate your current situation with confidence in your motherhood journey as the COO, if not the CEO, of your family. So please go to inspirationsforbetterliving.com and treat yourself to some engaging, entertaining, and enlightening stories. You deserve it. As for our radio show today, my guest for this morning is Amy Newmark, the publisher and editor-in-chief for Chicken Soup for the Soul. Amy and I will be having a conversation about their latest release, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Attitude of Gratitude, 101 stories about counting our blessings and the power of thankfulness. Good morning, Amy. Happy Wednesday and welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. How are you doing today? I am doing great and I'm really excited to be doing the show with you on your birthday. We'll let that secret out there. Thank you for the shout out. I'm just, uh, I don't announce it, but you know, I, I'm delighted as a matter of fact to have you on my show. I'm here in the morning and uh, you a little bit later in the morning and I'm really glad that we're starting out the day together. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Your birthday is a great time to sit down and count your blessings and use the power of gratitude to get yourself ready for your next year. So true, so true, and I'm really glad that you brought that up because the book, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Attitude of Gratitude, is extremely an inspiring read. The stories are very empowering, and it is a perfect book to remind us to live in the moment, and that's a big difference uh, in my life as well because once a year during my birthday, I do go through the process of introspection, and take inventory, you know, the hits and misses and so forth. And this book is a perfect timing for that. So I really appreciate it. And congratulations on its release, which was yesterday. Yes, it was yesterday. Books always come out on Tuesdays, which is something (laughs) I didn't know until I became a book publisher. But Uh uh, that's the way it's always been. New books always come out on Tuesdays. Beautiful. That's beautiful. So what prompted Chicken Soup to focus on gratitude and thankfulness? Well, we've been doing a lot of analysis of all of the tens of thousands of stories that we've published, and there's been such a focus on counting your blessings in those stories. And it's become obvious to us that gratitude is the most important key to a joyful and happy life, because if you can't see what's good in your life, it's hard to imagine that you could be happy. And even people going through all kinds of challenges can use gratitude to see what's still good in their lives, despite the challenges they're facing. And so I thought, you know, it's a, it's a tough time when you look at, you know, Mm -hmm. the current world, Uh, there's so much that we feel is completely out of control. You know, the divisiveness in the country, um, inflation, uh, Russia invading Ukraine, uh, COVID, all of these different things that are going on that make us feel pretty helpless. Like there's not much we can do about these things, but we can at least have some control over our own attitudes and our own lives. And so one way to get some control over your life is to really think through everything that's great in your life and kind of list it to yourself. And at least then within your own little bubble, you can realize, okay, my life is good. These are, these are the good things that are going on. Even though there are some bad things, there are silver linings even to those bad things. But I think it's really important. It's like an anchor 
in this world where we're kind of in a boat that's being sloshed around, right, in the ocean, and we have no control over it. Right. Because that is the way the the outside world feels right now. There's just so much going on that we feel helpless to fix. So true, so true. And you laid it out beautifully because part of the the whole aspects of my introspection, as a matter of fact, that I mentioned just now once a year during my birthday is to kind of look back at the hits and misses. And the all the hits bring a smile to me. And that's celebration, right? And the misses now all of a sudden became sort of a downplate and it becomes the energy from the hits allow me to look at the misses as opportunities for what is lying ahead of me if that makes sense. So that attitude of gratitude, if it's done right to me personally, I can only speak for myself, that's the difference. You know, so uh, to me, it's just great, fantastic. How has gratitude and thankfulness contributed to your life journey? Oh, they, they've really helped me a lot. Because um, I have a lot of ups and downs in my mm-hmm. life. Um, and like my mother died unexpectedly five years ago and, you know, I needed my gratitude to get me through that. And I have a father with dementia who I've been caring for ever since my mother died. And then I was diagnosed with cancer three years ago. And so I've been dealing with that. And so actually it was four years ago now that I think about it. So I've been using gratitude a lot to power my way through all of these challenges um, and it really helps. I mean, I remember when I was um, in the early stage of my cancer journey, the oncologist had me see the psychiatrist who was, you know, the, the medical mm-hmm. practice of psychiatrist for cancer patients. And she said yeah. to me, what are you thankful for? And I spent 20 minutes telling her what I was thankful for and mm-hmm it was clear that that really empowered me on my cancer journey and just gave me so much more ability to get through it. Mm-hmm. And I think a corollary to gratitude is the knowledge that there's always going to be a silver lining so that whatever you're going through, even if it's awful, there's going to be a silver lining. And so whenever something bad happens to me, I immediately think, I wonder what the silver lining is going to be. And the silver lining never completely offsets the bad thing. I'm not going to right, be right, right. ridiculous and say that it does. I mean, maybe if you gave points to the bad thing, it would have 100 points, and the silver lining <laughs> is 15 points. But, you know, it reduces the negative impact a bit if you can recognize that silver lining that's waiting for you in there. Right, right. That's true. Well, what it is is it's a wonderful if nothing else, that stops everything and you are studying something new because it's like what my Cajun mom used to tell me after talking to, oh, I'm not to say complaining, but just airing out, you know, my frustration or whatever you want to call it, right? And then she comes back and said, well, and the good news is, like, what are you talking about? You know, did you hear what I just said? It's <laughs> the good news. And the idea is, because that's it. It's all out. And now where's the silver lining? This is what you can look at and expect what you can do. And so that's the beauty of, to me, uh, with that uh, attitude of gratitude. Can anyone embrace that sort of feeling of attitude of gratitude? So that's an interesting question because Mm -hmm. most personality traits, you're – you know, you either have that personality trait or you don't. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the cool thing about gratitude is it's actually something that you can turn into a habit, even if you're not actively practicing gratitude now. And it's important that you do that because scientific studies have shown that people who regularly count their blessings have that mm-hmm. attitude of gratitude have much better lives. They um, have better relationships. Um, They're more popular because who wants to be with a downer, right? Like if you're with somebody who's upbeat and grateful for their life, you want to be with that person. And so people who 
practice gratitude, whether it comes to them naturally or not, they tend to do better in their marriages or their other relationships. Mm-hmm. They're better parents. They're better workers. They're better um, co-volunteers. They're better friends. So the cool thing about it, and we talk about that in this Attitude of Gratitude book, is that it's really mm-hmm. easy to add this personality trait on. And there mm-hmm. aren't very many ways that you can change yourself that are right. as easy as this one, because it's really simple. You could do something like say, okay, I am kind of a pessimistic person. How am I going to turn that around? <laughs> and you could just assign yourself homework that will literally take you one minute a day. And your homework <laughs> is to write down one good thing that happened to you each day. It has to be a different thing each day. Right. Or you could assign yourself to write down three good things that happened or three things that you're grateful for or say one good thing that happened and two things that you're grateful for. But whatever it is, it will take you no time to do that homework each evening before you go to bed. And what happens is that it resets how you view your whole day because you wake up in the morning and you're thinking, okay, what am mm-hmm. I going to write for my three things today? And that opens your eyes to recognizing when good things happen to you or recognizing the, the blessings in your life. So I think that this book will really open people's eyes and they'll say, oh, yeah, I should be thankful for the roof over my head and the fact that I have mm-hmm. a car to drive to the store. Even though my car is 10 years old, I have it and it works. And not right. everybody has a car 10 years old or not. So I think this book is going to make people – Even people who are already naturally Mm -hmm. grateful people, I think it will even increase the power of their gratitude. Fantastic. That sounds wonderful. Please tell us about the beautiful book cover design. I love it. It's very warm, engaging, and it has that sense of lightheartedness because that's what it's all about because a lot of times we're heavy, right? We, We, like you say, you know, we get burdened with things, but the book in itself, the, the design, it's, it's something different. It just sort of is uplifting. Well, yeah, and we try to I – mean, we, we make a lot of self-help books, and this mm-hmm. Attitude of Gratitude book is definitely in the self-help category. But at Chicken Soup for the Soul, we believe in making our books very entertaining. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes you'll laugh out loud reading the stories. <laughs> We're not heavy-handedly – you know, saying, okay, here's your self-help book. Read all of these dry essays, read these bullet lists, do the Mm -hmm. following assignments, you know, keep that journal going. We're not saying that. These these stories are entertaining because it's all about human interest stories. So Mm -hmm. the cover of this book is um, very symbolic because it shows these two doors wide open to the outside world. And in that outside world, you see a beautiful nature scene and you see it stretching to the distant horizon and then there's a rainbow. So the idea is that subconsciously we're saying to you, look, there's a rainbow at the end of every storm mm-hmm. and out of gratitude will open these doors to you to this big, beautiful world that's out there. So that's what we are subconsciously passing on to our readers. You know, cover design is very, very strategic. So that's what I, I, I like my covers to tell a story. You know, mm-hmm. I want you to be able to look at a cover and make up a little story about it. And so that's what we did with this Chicken Soup for the Soul book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's beautiful. It really is. It's very engaging. And I even like the picture of the lady in the back, sort of contemplation and actually celebrating in some ways she's sitting outside she's in the in like in a wildflower meadow Mm -hmm. she's basking in the sun and she's looking up at the sky and you can just tell she's thinking (laughs) wow this is a great day i am so blessed to be sitting here among these flowers with the sun coming down on me so true so true that's just beautiful i know you mentioned things that you would like to have the readers, you know, that gain some perspective out of reading the book in terms of laying their attitude of gratitude. Is there any other specific things that you would like the readers to gain from reading these wonderful books? 
So you know how you know something, but then mm-hmm. you need to have it reinforced. So I think mm-hmm. what we're doing with this book is even if the reader knows, oh, yeah, I know I'm supposed to count my blessings. I know I'm <laughs> supposed to be grateful for what I have in my life. I know I'm supposed to focus on what I have, not what I lack. All of that, it's still good to read stories that just reinforce that and mm-hmm. set you on that gratitude path again. So for the people who aren't naturally grateful, of course, this is going to be a really good how-to book for them. But for right. the people who are naturally grateful, it still doesn't hurt to have that reminder. And so that's what I think people will get from this book. Um, just the sense that if they actively focus on gratitude, it will really make a difference in their lives. And we have 101 stories about just that, gratitude changing people's mm-hmm. lives for the better. Well, wonderful. Amy, let's start talking about some of the stories in the book. I, I love it. Chapter 1, Counting Your Blessings. And the story that I like is the gratitude jar, which is something very simple but yet very profound by Sarah Butka M. Munen. Yeah, so Sarah, um, she uses a jar. So instead of writing down her, you know, her gratitude list in a journal, mm-hmm. she writes what she's grateful for on pieces of paper. And then she just periodically writes these notes and then she slides them into this jar. And it's become a really important part of her routine. And then every year on New Year's Day, she empties the jar, and she reads all of the notes that she wrote. And she says it's like reading her diary. And the, the, the notes remind her of the things that she has. And they also remind her of the things that she's lost, like if she lost, you know, if somebody she loved died during the year or something like that. Mm-hmm. She wrote that down, too, and put it in the jar. But because she has all these good things in the jar, it reminds her that even when she was going through those troubled times, she was still writing down good things. So she, she did this when she went into remission from cancer, but you could really do this under any circumstance. In fact, I was talking to somebody the other day who told me that she has a jar, and she writes a note every day and sticks it in the jar and then, and then reads all the notes back on January 1st. So I guess it's a pretty <laughs> common practice that works well for people. Yes, yes. Well, what I like about it is that it sort of puts you into the present moment. And again, it's part of what I do in terms of introspection once a year. And I look back all the, the wonderful hits and that it fires me up, you know, and it, it just set the mood and the energy within me to look forward for something great to happen. Do you have a story that you like in this chapter? Well, Another person um, in this chapter, she does that other strategy that's very popular among our writers, mm-hmm. and that is by making a list. So Eve Tarek started her gratitude list after a friend said to her that basically she was tired of hearing all of Eve's complaints about what was going on in her life. Eve was always <laughs> complaining about her dysfunctional family. And her friend said to her, I promise you, there is still beauty around you that you never notice. Doing mm-hmm. a nightly gratitude list will help you find that beauty again. And so Eve went and got a small notebook, and then she numbered each page from 1 to 10. And then each day she had to fill up one page of the notebook with 10 things she was grateful for. And she couldn't write the same thing every day. It had to be <laughs> 10 new things. So, I mean, just after one week, she had written down 70 things that she was grateful for in her life or 70 great things that had happened to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so she found that it was really, really helpful. And she also found that she was focusing during each day on all of the good things that were happening because she was forced to find things to put on her list. And you know what? She's been doing this now for more than 17 years. And that's what we have found is that people really do get into a regular habit and they really enjoy right. it and they keep it going. And there aren't that many resolutions you could make. I'm going to go do blah, blah, blah. 
where you actually stick <laughs> to it, but that's what we're finding with people who do gratitude practice, that they right. enjoy it so much that they stick to it. Um, and I actually, you know how we put a quote at the beginning of each story? Mm-hmm. So we had mm-hmm. a quote at the beginning of that story. We had a quote from the actor, Will Arnett. And he mm-hmm. said, mm-hmm. I am happy because I'm grateful. I choose to be grateful that gratitude allows me to be happy. So I thought that was a very, very good quote and sums up perfectly what we're all about in this book. Definitely. I, you know, you hit it right on the mark in terms of how do we change our mindset? Do we celebrate those wonderful things or we just take it for granted? And here is living in the moment in terms of wait a minute now, there are so many positive things that happen. And not only that, uh, to me, I've always been uh, the glasses half full person. So I'm very, I'm looking for positive things to celebrate. And this is a perfect way of doing it. And I know it generates so much positive energy from doing it. Yeah, it really works. It works great. Well, chapter two, the title of the chapter is Wonderful. I got what I need. And a lot of times that can be good and can be bad. (laughs) And so the story here is, the title of the story is Some Don't by Ava Carter. So um, Ava Carter is one of our regular contributors, and she really puts into a practice a lot of the things that we recommend doing. So Mm -hmm. she wrote this prose poem for us. And basically, like, I'll, I'll read you a few, oh, yes, you know, a few mm-hmm. pieces from it. So she wrote, I wake up with a roof over my head. Some don't. I have an indoor bathroom with running water for my shower. Some don't. I have kids who need me. They may disobey me and argue with me, but I know they love me still. Some don't. I have a job. Some don't. I walk in the park with my dog. I see beauty in nature. I smell the fresh air. Some don't. Um, And so she, she, I mean, it's a long poem that you can read in the book, but basically it's all the things. It's all, it's, it's another form of a gratitude list. It's her recognizing that these things Mm -hmm. that we all take for granted are not to be taken for granted because, you know, we live in the first world. But most of the world doesn't have what we have. 90% oh, yeah. of the world doesn't wake up to all of the luxuries and comforts that we wake up to. Yeah. Well, I love it. And I'm so glad you read portions of her wonderfully written poem, so to speak, the way she presented it. And it makes a whole lot of sense. I mean, just a phrase right here. I go to sleep with a full stomach. And I don't have a million dollars, but what I have is worth so much more. I have a family, friendship, and health. I have those who love me, and some don't. Plain and simple. I mean, it's it's shocking, but it's reality, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, we have we have a. I mean, we have such a great variety of mm-hmm. stories about gratitude. Like just in this chapter too, mm-hmm. we have so many different types of stories. Like mm-hmm. um, one that I really like is by K.M. Waldvogel, and mm-hmm. she took a completely different approach. Um, so in her case, she and her husband were downsizing. They sold their house and they were downsizing to a smaller home. And so they had to do that thing that we all either have had to do <laughs> or we know we're going to have to do at some point, and that is to declutter get rid of Mm -hmm. all that stuff that seems so important to hold on to, but really we don't need to hold on to it. And so they were sorting through all their stuff and, you know, kind of reviewing their memories of their years together. And the photos in particular were a real joy for them to review. And they could relive watching their sons grow up through the photos. But then Kathleen's husband said to her, you know what I've realized? we have more yesterdays than tomorrow's. Mm-hmm. Now that's a pretty, that's like, you know, once you pass say 50, you start thinking that way, that you have more mm-hmm. yesterdays than tomorrow's because you're <laughs> more than halfway through your life. Yeah. And so 
they needed to find their gratitude again and not just have that negative thought that they had more yesterdays than tomorrow's. Mm-hmm. And then what she realized, and I think this is so important, is that just because we've had more yesterdays than tomorrow's doesn't mean that they're just gone. You know how right. there's that expression, you can't have your cake and eat it too? Right, right. But you, you can eat your cake and have it too when it comes to memories. So, mm-hmm. like, I'm 65 years old. I have 65 years of memories. Clearly, I have mm-hmm. way more yesterdays than tomorrow's. But mm-hmm. those yesterdays aren't just gone. Mm-hmm. I still have them available to me. I can review them in my head. I can think about them. I can relive all of the good feelings that came from them. I can look at photos of them. And that means like I still have them. So mm-hmm. I have plenty more tomorrows to look forward to, but I'm bringing with me all mm-hmm. of the good feelings from those yesterday. So I thought that was a really powerful story. And I really loved the point that she was making. Yes, definitely. Uh, you're right, because when you look back and you look at all the things that how can you, uh, how about this? How can you top those? You see, that's a food for thought because all, obviously they're just wonderful things. And then you're looking at what can I do tomorrow that's going to be like even more spectacular <laughs> than yesterday. But you don't even to do things that are more spectacular because you get uh-huh. to relive the memories of those things so that you still get to have all of the joy of those things happening. Just because That's they happened right. in the past doesn't mean they're actually over for you psychologically. You still get to enjoy them. That's true. So true. Wonderful. Chapter three, Everyday Miracles. And this is, to me, it's kind of funny. Shower Curtain Liner by June Taylor. So June didn't have a lot of money. So one day she found herself scrubbing her shower curtain liner, you know, to get the Mm -hmm. soap scum and maybe mold off it because she couldn't afford the couple of dollars that it would take her to buy a new shower curtain liner. So she decided to go outside and take a walk instead of thinking about, you know, her financial straits. She was walking around early in the morning in the shopping area of her town, but everything was closed because it was so early in the morning. And then she saw this brown paper bag lying on the sidewalk, which must have been dropped the day before because the shops weren't open yet that morning. Mm-hmm. And there was no store name on the bag. It was just a brown paper bag. So she looked inside it, and what did she find? But a brand-new shower curtain <laughs> liner that was even the right color for her bathroom. So she had already been feeling better because she went outside and just getting outside always makes you feel better. Right. And now she just became incredibly thankful that the shower curtain basically down from heaven, you know, just when Mm -hmm. she needed it. And so I thought that was a fun story. It is. I think it's one of those things as well. Like, do we, like you say, marinate in all the negativity supposedly, right, because of what we don't have and so forth, or we're just going out and being in the moment. And then I'm a spiritual person, so it's interesting in this case that, ta-da, the universe gave her what she needed. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> yes, definitely. Chapter four, Live in the Moment, One Big Little Blessing by Jerry uh, D'Alcio. So, um Jerry was going through a tough time. Her mother died, and then her father died within a year of her mother dying. So the silver lining of that was that her caregiving days were over, and she could start enjoying her 60s. -hmm. But then she got a call. A relative of hers was going into drug rehab and had a baby that needed to be fostered. And if Jerry didn't take this baby, it would go into you know, the, the system. Yeah. So at the same time, Jerry got a call from an outreach ministry asking if they could do anything for her, like pray for her. And she told the lady on the phone all about this baby that she was being asked to take. 
And she realized it will probably work out okay somehow. So she took the baby. And now they've been caring for that child for more than four years. And that little girl has totally won their hearts. And Jerry says, her presence has enriched our lives in ways I never thought possible. She's filled with promise, life, and joy. And it's contagious. So Jerry doesn't know if this little girl will end up going back to her mother at some point, which would Mm -hmm. be kind of heartbreaking for Jerry. But she does know that this was a huge silver lining and that instead of having her freedom in her 60s, she's doing exactly what is making her happy in her 60s. It's a beautiful story. I love the story simply because these are times where sometimes we look at, and and I say this respectfully, well, say for someone who is elders, right, there's not a whole lot we can share in terms of knowledge, wisdom, and so forth. They actually have more knowledge and wisdom to share with us. And then the table flipped. And all of a sudden right now, we have all this knowledge, wisdom to share with someone young. And that's the beauty of it. It's like, wow, I can do everything right now. (laughs) And I love that energy. And well, you know, there's a song out there, you make me feel so young. And so what happened is that the little baby <laughs> makes you feel young. Absolutely. Everybody says that. Like <laughs> when you run into people who have that late in life baby, you know, that, yeah. that surprise menopause baby, they always say it keeps them young. <laughs> By the way, you're listening to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. Our podcasts are available on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Citrus Radio. Blueberry Podcasting, TuneIn Radio, Mixcloud, Podchaser, Listen Notes, and Hop Hopper. I'm Johnny Tan, your host. Here's a quick reminder to treat yourself to the August edition of, a, of our heart-centered and passion-driven Inspiration for Better Living digital magazine at inspirationsforbetterliving.com. My guest for this morning is Amy Newmark, the publisher and editor-in-chief for Chicken Soup for the Soul. We're having a kitchen table conversation about their latest release, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Attitude of Gratitude, 101 stories about counting our blessings and the power of thankfulness. Amy, which story do you like in Chapter 5 under the title of The Right Woods? So in this chapter, we we put together um, a bunch of kind of epiphanies that people had by, you know, hearing some wise words from somebody, sometimes even from a stranger. Mm -hmm. So one of the stories I like is by Pat Dickinson. It's called You're That For Me. So what happened was that Pat was going through a very rough period, basically like a trifecta of challenges because her mom had emergency surgery. And then the next day, her brother had emergency surgery, but in a different hospital far away. And then later that same week, her stepfather fell and broke his hip. And so he had an emergency surgery in yet another hospital. So for several weeks, Pat found herself traveling between three different hospitals. And she tried to stay positive and cheerful, but she was exhausted and she was feeling sorry for herself. And one afternoon, she was visiting her mother, and she took a break and went outside onto the hospital terrace. And there was a woman sitting there in a wheelchair, and she kind of reminded Pat of her own mother. So she started talking to her, and it turned out that that woman had been in the hospital for 28 days and wasn't going to get mm-hmm. out anytime soon. But she seemed pretty peaceful about it. So Pat was telling the woman about her own story with three relatives in three different hospitals with three different emergency surgeries. Mm -hmm. And then the woman sat back in her wheelchair and said, well, then you're that for me. And Mm -hmm. Pat said she didn't understand what the woman was talking about. And the woman said that every single day when she couldn't take it any longer, she would go outside and she would meet somebody. And that person would have a sadder story than her own story. Mm -hmm. And that person would make her feel better. And so that day, Pat was that for the lady, because Mm -hmm. Pat's story about having to go to three different hospitals for three different relatives, all of whom had emergency surgery (laughs) the same week, that was even worse than this lady's story. Um, And so that's what Pat said. And, and, you know, that you always 
can find somebody else whose story is even worse than yours, and it makes you grateful for for your own life and your situation. Oh, no question about it. I mean, the old thing about when I was growing up, my mom reminded me, and I'm sure I think you've heard of this, something about, I may not get it exactly correctly, but the idea of, you know, I'm complaining about my old shoes until I see someone walk without any shoes at all. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that's the whole point of doing the gratitude list or like the point of Eva Carter's story where she said, some don't, you know, like I have Mm -hmm. shoes, some don't. Right. Mm -hmm. It's, It's amazing. It really is. One of the stories that I like, and you know how I love words in terms of words having power is the story titled Believe by Heather Hartman. So Heather was going through infertility treatment and, you know, hadn't been successful. So she had mixed feelings, of course, about going to baby showers because she wanted to feel happy for the new parents. But then it also hurt because she kept seeing those negative pregnancy tests of her own. Mm-hmm. And then she went to this Christmas get together for all the patients of her infertility doctor and all of the women were talking about their feelings of jealousy about other people's pregnancies but then a woman at the party spoke up and she said their blessing isn't taking away yours you know just because that woman over there got pregnant doesn't mean she took away your chance to become pregnant and that really had an impact on Heather and it helped her to realize no I can be joyful for somebody else getting pregnant in fact that's a good thing because it shows me that there's hope. And it's mm-hmm. not like there's a finite number of people who can get pregnant. So that woman took my chance away. It's not like getting into a college <laughs> and they only have so many spots. Right. And I think right, it's a right. really important lesson because I know a family that went through this and there were two sisters-in-law and one of them got pregnant by accident. And mm-hmm. the other one was going through infertility treatment and couldn't get pregnant the one that couldn't get pregnant was really mad at the one that got pregnant by accident. Mm-hmm. And that really was, it had nothing to do with whether the one who was going right. for treatment was going to become pregnant or not. It was just not the right attitude. Um, and there was a quote that I put at the beginning of this story. It's attributed to Buddha, but mm-hmm. who knows? Because when you get quotes off the internet, you don't really know <laughs> if the attributions are correct. But I like the concept of this quote. And here it is. Mm-hmm. Thousands of candles can be lit from a single candle, and the life of the candle will not be short, right? So you can use a candle and mm-hmm. light candle after candle after candle, but it's not going to change the life of the candle that you're using. Mm-hmm. Happiness never decreases by being shared. So I thought that was a really good message. So true. So true. I love it. And again, when you're in the moment, it's. I looked at this story in terms of it's a picker up of being around people and the message out there is that there's opportunity for everyone. And that's the difference, the positivity of it. And we have different routes that we're on different roads, so to speak, but the, we're all trying to get to the end zone <laughs> for, for like a better term. And, and that's the beauty of it. Chapter six, simple pleasures. I love this entire chapter title, Simple Pleasures. And the story that I like is uh, The Dream House by Lynn Kinnaman. So Lynn was moving from California to Montana, and she, her husband stayed home in California with their two daughters, and Lynn went out to find them a home. And so she found this home on the side of a mountain that she loved. It had an amazing view, and there was going to be wildlife. Um, but she had already put in a lowball offer on another house, which she felt was a less desirable one because it was down you know, on the flatlands in like more of a regular residential neighborhood. It wasn't as dramatic as the mountain house. So she was about to go ahead and get the mountain house because she just assumed her lowball offer would be rejected on the kind of plainer, simpler house. <laughs> but then her offer was accepted. So she had to drop the mountain house idea and go with the simpler house that she had decided she didn't want after all. Well, they've been 40 years now in that simpler house. She said it was the best silver lining ever because it turned out that with, you know, all the snow and ice and harsh Montana 
winters, they would have been miserable in the mountain house. <laughs> they would have been imprisoned up there with the bad roads. And yeah. they ended up loving the simple house. It was easier to maintain. It was in a lovely residential hood. And so she, that was just an example of making the best of the situation and how it really worked out for the best. Her, her disappointment turned into a great blessing. I love it. Love it. Do you have a story that you like in this chapter? Well, there's a story um, by Jill Keller, mm-hmm. and this is also about simple pleasures and, you know, accepting something that seems smaller and less wonderful, but then actually realizing <laughs> that it's great. And so in Jill's case, they lost their home and most of their possessions to a flood, and they had insurance, but it wasn't really going to help them enough, so they decided they were going to move. And, in fact, they, they moved across the country and they were moving from an 1,800-square-foot house to a 1,000-square-foot apartment. Well, they discovered that they had so much more fun as a family in that simpler apartment with fewer possessions. And, in fact, some of the possessions that they had moved, they put in storage once they got to their new town. And they found they were doing things as a family together, playing games together and enjoying each other and going on bike rides to learn their new town. All of these simple things made them so much happier than, you know, all of the possessions they had had before. So true. And the story is maximizing minimalism. Very, yeah. very interesting. They maximized, <laughs> yeah, they maximized their lives with this minimalist approach. Absolutely. Oh, that's beautiful. That's really wonderful. And these are the things It's funny because I think uh, as we – I guess, get older, right? So we start the journey like, okay, I got to have this. I want to have that. I want to have this. I want to have that. If I recall correctly, you recently moved too as well. So I'm sure you downsized a little bit. (laughs) Actually, we moved to a a much larger house, but we still got rid of a lot of our possessions. And and we're Uh just feeling so good about having Empty drawers, empty closet shelves. It's really nice to have all of that space and not feel like yeah. our possessions own us, you know? Right, 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 right. The square footage has got nothing to do with it, but it's that possession thing you're talking about that we accumulate over a period of time because it's a must-have. And then later, you realize that, really? <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad to have fewer possessions. It's really freeing. <laughs> Chapter 7, Eye Openers, A Jar Full of Blessings by Jill Burns. This is a wonderful story. So this is an example of how you can help a friend or a relative to find the power of gratitude for themselves. And in Jill Burns' case, her husband had really reached the end of his rope after some bad luck. He was working at a job that he hated after having to leave a business that he had co-owned. And so he had a very negative view of everything. And so she got a jar and put a label on it that said blessings. And she told him that he had to write down one thing he was grateful for each night and put it in that jar. And she said it really worked. Writing down mm-hmm. something he was grateful for just gave him a little break from thinking about all of his troubles. And right. so it's a reminder that you can use this this gratitude list or gratitude in jar concept for other people, not just for yourself. You can help somebody else with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very true. What I like about the story is something that I do every night in terms of I find things that was great that I feel thankful for for the day. And then I go to sleep. And you'll be surprised where you are sleeping on the positive note then on a negative note, I guess, that's the way, the best way to summarize it. Oh, yeah, that's, that's really mentally healthy. Chapter 8, Saying Thanks, is the title of the chapter, and the story is Giving Life to a Stranger. This is a wonderful story by Jan Eve Taylor. So one of the gratitude practices is not just to make a list of what you're grateful for, Mm -hmm. but to actively thank people for whatever it is that you're grateful for. So 
it's really important to say thank you to people. And it, it even helps more if you say thank you for, and then you say the exact thing that you're thankful right. for. So in Jen Taylor's case, she is grateful to all of the anonymous people who, drew, who truly gave of themselves because they are her blood donors. Mm-hmm. And she is filled with their kindness because in her body now, she has the blood of people she has never met. And she needed these blood transfusions as a result of chemotherapy. Mm-hmm. And so she's had these transfusions over and over again. And she always sends gratitude out into the universe for these strangers. And she wonders, what kind of people am I carrying around in me, you know, Mm -hmm. because of their blood? So I thought that that was a great example of using gratitude to make an unpleasant experience one that is way more life-affirming because she Mm -hmm. moves beyond thinking about why she needs those blood transfusions. And instead, she goes right to the positive. She rejoices in how all of these strangers came together to help her and how they are now part of her going forward. It's a beautiful story. It reminded me when I was in college where I, well, you can call it donated or sell my blood plasma because I needed the money uh, to pay for food. And out there somewhere, I'm helping somebody else. And this is a turnaround to whereby someone who is receiving uh, those blood or plasma being thankful that someone else out there took the time to do so. Yes, absolutely. I'm, I think it's great that she feels that way. And I have a friend who's going through cancer treatment and she mm-hmm. blogs about how grateful she is to the blood donors. Beautiful. That's wonderful. Do you have a story that you like in this chapter saying thanks? Um, well, yeah, here's a woman, and, I, you know, there's a lot of variety in these stories. Mm-hmm. So this woman, Kathy Dickey, um, she's grateful for technology because <laughs> during the COVID shutdown, technology allowed her to keep in touch with her growing granddaughters because they were FaceTime. And then when they could finally visit the kids, they kept in touch with them through FaceTime during their long drive. And then when they went home after their visit, Again, they use FaceTime to keep up with their grandchildren. And she says, this technology has redefined distance and geography and made it easier for us to stay in touch with our entire family anywhere in the world. And so she keeps in touch with her daughter and, you know, her grandchildren in in one country. And then she keeps in touch with her son in Thailand uh, also. And so she said, you know, we might sometimes complain about technology, how it stopped working or it's incomprehensible. <laughs> but in fact, we should really be grateful for technology and all of the great things that it allows us to do. And I know personally, I have five grandchildren now. Um, I, think, I think I've added one since I last talked to you. Um, and, <laughs> and I love FaceTime. I love FaceTime <laughs> because I get to see my grandchildren all the time right. or... The kids will take videos of the kids, and then they'll text the videos to us. Right. I really feel so much more in touch. So I think that's something we all should be grateful for is technology and how much it really Mm -hmm. helps us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So true. Very, very true. Chapter 9, The Joy of Giving. And this is a wonderful, moving story, but these are things that sometimes we don't think about, but it is. And the story is A Blessing in Disguise by Francisca So, you know, giving, you might say, is the opposite of gratitude, but it's not. Mm -hmm. Because when when you give, it makes you even more grateful to what you have. You feel empowered and invigorated. And Francesca, oh, my gosh, what she went through. Um, Her 55-year-old husband died completely unexpectedly of a heart attack. It was a total shock. And it was a shock that he had the heart attack, but then it was a shock that he died because he actually walked to the ambulance by himself when they came to get him. And the paramedics told Francesca to get some clothing for him and bring it to the hospital so he'd have clothing for going home. So everything seemed like it was going to be fine. So she went to the hospital and went to check on how he was doing, and they came out and they said he died. 
So it was a complete shock to her. Um, but then she went ahead and she did organ donation. And then the blessing started to come in because she started to find out what his donations had done. Like two people who regained their sight because they got his corneas and people who got different body parts that made such a difference in their lives. She said that besides his eyes saving people from blindness, there were 43 bone grafts, um, there were 14 skin grafts, and three tendon grafts to do that ACL surgery for people. And Mm -hmm. so now she focuses on the fact that her husband is living on in many different places, in many different people, and she feels very blessed by that. So that's a great example of how the joy of giving can make you even more grateful for your life. Yes, indeed. It's a beautiful story. It's moving, but yet, again, it's a story to me of unselfishness in many, many ways. And we're all in this together. And that's why I really love that story. Is there a story in this chapter as well that you like? There's a really um, heartwarming story by C.J. Cole. Mm -hmm. It's called Random Acts. So this was just so sweet. Um, C.J. didn't exactly have a lot of money. This was during the worst part of the pandemic, and she'd lost her job. So one day she set out you know, with her dwindling funds, she set out to the grocery store with a $20 budget. She was going to buy the ingredients that she needed for peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and for pasta. And then in the checkout line, she was behind this frail elderly woman who looked like she was pretty impoverished. But they started chatting, and the woman was really nice. And then the woman noticed CJ's ingredients and said, oh, I haven't had a good plate of pasta in a long time. And CJ looked at what the woman was buying, and she was buying ramen, ramen noodles mm-hmm. and canned tuna. And she was counting out coins to pay for this very small amount of groceries. And she didn't even have enough coins to pay for it. And that made CJ start to tear up. And she didn't need her whole $20 because she, she wasn't planning to buy, you know, all, 20, all $20 worth of stuff. So with the cashier, she just, behind the woman's back, basically, said to the cashier, just ring everything up together and I'll pay for it. And then she snuck all of her items into the elderly woman's grocery bag, along with the $7 of change that she got. And then this hand came over CJ's shoulder and dropped a $5 bill in the elderly lady's grocery bag. And then this little boy darted across holding a crumpled $10 bill. And they put that in the bag. And the cashier reached into his own pocket. The elderly lady realized that something was going on. Mm-hmm. And so CJ said to her, well, I thought you might enjoy a plate of pasta. CJ went outside and she watched and the cashier was explaining to the lady that everything in that bag was for her and that it was all paid for. And CJ drove home kind of in a blur of tears. <laughs> but she was so happy. Yeah. And, and that's what that's what happens when you do something for other people. You get this rush of dopamine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? And you feel so great. There's like a bounce in your step the rest of the day because you did something for someone else. Mm-hmm. And so that was another example of the joy of giving and how that can turn things around for you. Oh, definitely. I, I think these are the things that I think we all need to hear. Uh, we hear a lot of, I'm not saying negative stories out there, but real life stories, right? Uh, and they may not be a picker upper. <laughs> Let's put it this way. And you want to hear stories that are picker uppers. And this is definitely one of them because in the end, we are a community, whether it's global, local, neighborhood, whatever you call it, we're a community, and that makes a difference. Chapter 10, A Change in Perspective, Giving Thanks by Mary Beth Hines Stevens. This is a wonderful story as well. So Mary Beth wrote a poem that is a good example of how you can tweak things 
pivot mm-hmm. in your perspective on things. So like she says, I can be depressed, I gained another pound, <laughs> or be grateful, I have plenty to eat. I can complain because it's raining, or be thankful I have an umbrella. I could be annoyed when my alarm clock sounds, or praise God I have a job. I can be concerned about the price of gas, or remember when I had no car. I can fuss about doing housework, or be glad I have a home. So it's a little like Eva Carter's story, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it's something that you can, you know, if you're starting to be negative about something, you could just nip it in the bud. You know, mm-hmm. like maybe you're saying, oh, I'm so busy and now I got to go shopping and I got to cook dinner. Well, wait a minute. Aren't you grateful that you have those people to make dinner for? You know, yes. you can tweak anything. You can tweak anything and turn it around and turn it into a positive. Mm-hmm. It's a mindset. And I really like the idea about you talking about some of us are born with that natural tendency to look at life from a positive perspective to a different lens. But on the other hand, all of us has the ability to create that within us. And that's the power of an attitude of gratitude to me. I totally agree with you. And that's why I'm so excited about our book that just went on sale. It's beautiful. You all need to go out there and get a copy of it. It's very empowering and inspiring. Amy, can you tell us what chicken soup's cooking for the fall? Sure. Uh, We just got back from the printer, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Miracles and the Unexplainable, Mm -hmm. which is a really fun book because you read all these stories where you say, how did that happen? You know, just (laughs) just, the fact is that if you are open to it, you can really find miracles happening Mm -hmm. all around you. Yes. Almost every day you can find something. Uh, So that's coming out in September. And then in October, our Christmas book comes out. It's called The Magic of Christmas. And, you know, we put out a Christmas book every year. That's always so Mm -hmm. exciting for us and such a fun time of year. Great way to jumpstart your Christmas spirit, you know, read all those stories. (laughs) We're also re-releasing a devotionals book, a devotionals book that's for mothers and grandmothers. We're re-releasing that in October Mm -hmm. in hardcover. We had previously Mm -hmm. put it out in trade paperback, but we made a beautiful hardcover And then in November, this is going to be so much fun. We have a book coming out called My Wonderful Wacky Family. We've been doing really well with books about humor. You know, our humor books have been selling Mm -hmm. so well. Mm -hmm. Um, So My Wonderful Wacky Family, yes, the stories are loving and people aren't being snarky about their families, but the (laughs) stories are actually really funny as well. So that should be a really fun Christmas gift to give to people. Don't show up. Just mail the book to your relatives, all right? I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's a wonderful, wonderful line of uh, collections that you all have for this coming month. So that's fantastic. What wonderful recipes for living would you like to share with our listeners this morning? Well, you know, we talked the last time about 10 Keys mm-hmm. to Happiness, mm-hmm. and I I feel like these are proven. These keys mm-hmm. to happiness really work. And one mm-hmm. of them is gratitude because it really mm-hmm. does make such a difference. Another one is forgiveness mm-hmm. because it's amazing how we can just carry around these old resentments and things, which are things that happened in the past. We got to leave those negative feelings in the past. You can be aware that that thing happened. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't be reliving those negative emotions. Just know intellectually it happened, but Just say to yourself, I'm going to stop reacting to that thing that happened in the past and just move forward. Um, Another key to happiness, and I think this is an important recipe for living, is Mm -hmm. to get outside in nature. I really think that's very important. I think that everybody finds that they have a much better attitude if they get outside and gain the perspective of being, you know, one living creature among you know, hundreds of living creatures that you're going to see when you go outside, you're going to hear birds, you're going to see squirrels, you know, you're going to see all this activity all around you and realize that you're very unimportant in the grand scheme of things. And that helps put your problems in perspective. (laughs) 
You're right about that, though, because every so often when I look outside and I see the squirrels, my neighbor, <laughs> that's who my true neighbor is, right? The squirrels, not the neighbor neighbor next door. That's right. Your neighbor is the squirrels. Absolutely. And so that's just wonderful. Amy, thank you for the great recipes for living and for spending this hour with me. I'm from My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. To all our listeners, please join me in two weeks, Wednesday morning, August 31st. My guest will be Joseph Shelby. Now retired, Joseph was the founder and the CEO of TriStream, an early pioneer in experience design for the web. He enjoys making the complex and obscure simple and clear and has authored several books. Joseph is known for creating bridges of understanding between the modern evidence-based discoveries of science and the timeless experience-based discoveries of the mystics. Joseph and I will be having a conversation about his remarkable life's journey and his latest book, Break Through the Limits of the Brain, How Neuroscience Supports Spiritual Experience. For additional information about this show and future shows, please go to FromMyMama'sKitchenTalkRadio.com. Thank you for listening and have a blessed week. As always, Amy, it's been a true pleasure. Thank you so much for being on the show. Have a very blessed day. Thank you, Johnny. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.